Before we get started with today's Hustlers Healthy Hacks episode, we want you all to know that the topics, opinions, and views we discuss in this episode are from our own personal experiences and shared with you for entertainment purposes only. If you are wanting medical advice about your health, lifestyle choices, or mental well-being, please seek this from a qualified medical practitioner first. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in. So I'm not going to lie, I'm a little bit nervous to share this with you guys, but I was lucky enough to be interviewed by the incredible Sophie Walker from the Australian Birth Stories podcast um, to share my birth story with Georgia. And I received so many beautiful messages from so many lovely mums who either resonated with my birth story or found some inspiration in it. So to those people, thank you. You've actually given me the confidence to now share my pregnancy journey and also a special interview with my wonderful nutritionist, Shelley McKenzie, who was such an incredible help um, and a wealth of knowledge throughout my pregnancy journey. So I just wanted to share this with you guys for any current pregnant mamas or women thinking about falling pregnant. I hope this gives you a little bit of inspiration and some healthy knowledge for your journey. I know I went into it probably a little bit naive, um, but nevertheless, I absolutely loved it and it's such a special time in your life. So I hope this provides you with some inspiration or just some good feels. I'd love to hear from you after it, but until then... Thank you and enjoy. This episode of The Healthy Hustlers is proudly brought to you by Lovekins, an all-natural, organic and toxic-free Australian skincare range for mothers and babies. Beautiful Shelley, hello and welcome to the show. I'm so excited to be chatting to you today. Me Hi. too. Thank you for having me. I'm great. Oh no, thank you for coming on. You have been such a huge part of my pregnancy journey now, my mum life journey. So I really wanted to get you on the show um, because you have such incredible knowledge about health and wellness and I really want to inspire the community to approach pregnancy in the healthiest possible way. I guess I know, you know, I learned firsthand how much my health was an impact in the end end result of my, my pregnancy. So I wanted to get you on here to share your knowledge with the Healthy Hustlers community and inspire people who are either thinking about being pregnant or want to be pregnant one day or currently are to, yeah, lead a really healthy lifestyle. And you are definitely the girl to do that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Well, you had an amazing pregnancy. You did so well. And birth. Oh, you did thank incredible. you. So did yeah. you. So um, context for everyone, Shelly and I were actually pregnant at the same time. Yeah. So she was my nutritionist, as you guys would know by now. And um, what were you about five weeks ahead of six weeks? Yeah, you? must have been about six or seven, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you've inspired me a lot. All your knowledge, the things that you've done post birth, and so I really thank you for that. But I would love to give the audience a little insight into you and the work that you do. Well, I'm a nutritionist and study in naturopathy, so I'll be a qualified naturopath mid next year, which is oh, exciting. So exciting. <laughs> um, and so I work here in Melbourne in my little practice in Port Melbourne and also online um, as a nutritionist. And I guess for me, my journey began when I was 24. So I experienced, yeah. I call it my own health storm. Yes. And so I had grown up pretty healthy, like mm-hmm. in the country 
my parents, it was a whole meat and five veg and, you know, it was that sort of lifestyle and lots and lots of sports. So I was extremely athletic. And when I moved to Melbourne at age 18, I was introduced to the partying scene. So lots of alcohol, lots of partying. I was a PT, so I was a personal trainer working in a gym in the city. And I was... Monday to Friday, living that typical life where trained well, like really hard, ate what I thought was pretty good, but mm-hmm. come Friday night to Sunday, I'd binge drink, yeah. have no sleep, be doing 3 a.m., you know, runs through the Maccas or KFC, <laughs> drive good through. Drive yeah. And so I did that from the age of 18 yeah. until I was 24. And at 24, yeah, this health storm occurred. So I was heading back to my parents' house in the country and my body just started really aching as I was driving. It's a three-hour drive. And when I got there, I said to my mom, I might just go get a massage. And so I went and got a massage and I left there and went straight to bed. And I thought, oh, it's just triggered something. Like I Mm. felt so physically unwell. I thought that massage has just triggered something in my body. I'll wake up fine. The next morning I had to ring my parents on their landline from my mobile and I had to get my dad to come and carry me out of bed because I physically couldn't walk. I was so incredibly unwell and I – dad moved me to the couch and that's pretty much where I laid for the next four weeks. Um, I didn't physically have any energy to get up and even go to the toilet if I needed to. I needed to be carried. I went to the doctors but I was even got to the point where I was so unwell I couldn't physically get to the doctors so doctors had to come and do home visits and I was on, I needed 24-hour supervision and care because the doctors didn't know what was wrong with me. So I just started dating my now husband, Macca, yeah. um, and so he drove up and between my dad, my mum and Macca, one of them had to supervise me at all times. Wow. And over that period I had two iron infusions. My body wasn't holding any iron. They didn't know yeah. why. And my diagnosis went from, you know, she's got cancer to I've when I'd been travelling I had brought back a parasite. Oh. And so it was very, you know, long stretch and, obviously extremely stressful for Maka and my parents but for me I was just in such a fog like I don't even really remember that period. Mm. Eventually they diagnosed me with a thyroid condition called Hashimoto's. So back then I had never heard of it but now it's very common and I treat a Mm -hmm. lot of particularly women for thyroid um, disease in practice. But yeah, basically your immune system thinks that there's a foreign invader within your body and it directly attacks your thyroid. And your thyroid's like your powerhouse, you know, gland. So it produces many of your crucial hormones and my body had just stopped doing that. And so that was my diagnosis. And a few weeks after that, Macca and I had already booked a trip. We were heading to India to ride a motorcycle down the coastline for six weeks. <laughs> Just your average getaway, yeah. you know. <laughs> and the doctors obviously encouraged me not to go. Yeah. Um, but I am a very determined, motivated human. So I was going to be going on that trip. So I really rested up, tried to get my health back on track, which obviously didn't happen straight away. And when I left the doctors, they gave me a bag full of medication to begin taking oh when I was goodness. in India. And I just knew deep down that that wasn't what I needed to do. Like Mm -hmm. I knew there is a time and a place for Western medicine and, Mm -hmm. you know, I truly believe that, but I knew that I hadn't been living my best life. And so I took the experience over in India to start. I thought, what better place? You know, everything's growing, Mm -hmm. homegrown, local, all the spices, herbs, everything. So while we were over there, I was still really sick and we couldn't be on the bike for too long at a time because I'd have to get to a hotel and rest or what have you. But I really took that time to play with my diet. So that was my first point. I had no idea about nutrition at this point, just 
basics you learn in a PT course. And so I went initially all vegan. Yes, okay. Um, because I just felt like I had a lot of inflammation in my mm-hmm. body and for whatever reason, that's just what my body told me. Yep. And I went off gluten and dairy. So they were the first things that I did and I started feeling well. Yeah. And I was in that phase for about six months. So I'm back into my normal life by this stage. And then I started getting really sick again. Yeah. And um, I went and got all my bloods done and checked, which I had been doing routinely, you know, almost every week. But um, my iron, I was having troubles with it again. So vegan diet wasn't for me. Yeah. And at this point, I, you know, being 24, all my friends are still out drinking, partying, and they're not really getting why all of a sudden Shelly's at home, you know, and it was like participating in any of the fun. Yeah. Yeah. And it really um, affected my, me personally and like my social life. Like I felt like I couldn't be fun anymore. I felt Mm. like I needed alcohol for that. So I set myself a goal and I decided to bodybuild. So I threw myself into that world for a few years. I didn't know that about you. Yeah. So I did fitness modeling for two years um, and that just gave me a reason to tell my friends why I wasn't drinking. Yeah, so when okay. they're like, Shelly, why aren't you drinking? Oh, I'm competing. And for some reason they'd get that. Yeah, okay. Um, and so I competed for two years and what most people think of bodybuilding is correct. It was steamed broccoli, steamed fish, you know, tin tuna and mm. stripper heels in oh. a bikini. Like that was the world. And I loved it. Like I'm so proud yeah. of how I changed my body yeah, and the things that okay. I was able to do. But it's a very restrictive lifestyle. And it got to the point where two years on and I remember standing in the mirror lifting up my top. I was obsessed with looking at my abs. Yeah. And I said to Maka, oh, my God, I'm so fat. And he was like, are you for real? And looking back, I had a full eight pack. Yeah. But my body image was just so twisted yeah. yeah like I actually thought I was fat and he really needed to like shake that out of me mm. um and after that I realized that I'd gone too far yes. into that bodybuilding yeah, like, world yeah. you know it got to the point where my family were coming down from the country and we'd, we'd be wanting to go out for dinner and I'd ring the restaurant to make sure that they could do steamed greens with the steamed fish and nothing on it Oh my goodness, yeah. yeah. It does become this kind of like slippery slope, a lot of these things, doesn't it? And yeah. I think it's something that we definitely need to be aware of, of like, is it becoming obsessive? Because a lot of the time, if it's becoming obsessive, it's actually not that healthy anymore. And you can't sustain that type of lifestyle, really. So, not at all, not yeah. at all. And, you know, it was a great achievement, as I said, but, and I will do it again one day yeah. once I'm finished having babies, but I want to now do it in the healthiest way possible yes. and show other competitors that you can do this and you don't need to do yeah, that. Because I truly believe that just by yeah. eating really healthy and living a good lifestyle mm-hmm. that we can manipulate our body in any way we want. Yeah. So that was sort of my journey. Yeah. And during all this, I was lucky enough not to have to take medication, although I don't recommend that for everyone, obviously. Yes. But I was lucky enough to be able to then control my thyroid purely through mm-hmm. diet and lifestyle. So I worked out what my stresses were. And during all this, I should say, by this stage, I'm starting to study nutrition because I've healed myself yes. and I'm going back to doctors and they're going, oh, you must be on your medication. No, no, no. I'm still not. Yeah. And they were really surprised by that. And so I started studying nutrition because I truly started believing in food is medicine. Absolutely. I think there is, if you can live by something, not live by something, but I mean, if you can truly believe something, I think food is absolutely oh. our medicine and I think it's absolutely incredible what we can actually do to our body based on a diet. And there's just, there's so much evidence and research and 
people like that uh, are living that lifestyle, living proof of you know yeah. how food is medicine. I think absolutely it's amazing, and you know it's all at our fingertips. It's just yeah. our choice to make, really. One hundred percent. Like I could never go back to the way I used to live, and I don't mm. even know how I did that. Like yeah. I don't know how I maintain that lifestyle. You yes. know, partying and oh, I can totally relate as well because yeah. I was exactly the same. Just that constant burnout at you know twenty one and mm. yeah, partying all night, and then thinking I could go to uni and study or you know go to work without to, uh, hospitality without any sleep and it's like think of that now and I'm like I just constantly am like I'm sorry body I'm sorry that I put you through that my god I know right the things that we put our body through but at the time sometimes you just don't know any different and for me unfortunately it took getting a lifetime long disease to really change my habits so now through that whole journey I'm really passionate about just helping women particularly just find their happy place. You know, I've done the restrictive eating. I've done every diet under the sun. And I just believe that we need to find happiness within our lifestyle and food. And yes, we can live really well, but it doesn't mean that we have to give up chocolate and wine and pizza and all of those things. I Mm -hmm. think, yeah, it's just about finding, like I hate to say, but a balance and everyone has a different balance. You know, that looks different for every person. So I guess now that's what I help people in practice so and I see a lot of um gut health hormone health Mm -hmm. and thyroid so yeah Yeah, you're definitely the best in the business and I reckon thank you could not recommend you any more highly um and you did as I've said play a really pivotal role in my pregnancy journey I think I got to about the 20 so we'd connected a a while before that But I got to about the 20-week point where I realised that I definitely wasn't surrounding myself with the right people who were helping me to make educated choices that aligned with my lifestyle. So that's when I think I sent you a quick text. I'm like, Shelly, when can you book me? I need to to come and see you. Um, So I do want to dive in a little bit more to the pregnancy side, but obviously, you know, if you guys are struggling with anything you can see, Shelly, she's absolutely amazing. But yeah, for me, it's definitely impacted my pregnancy journey. So from anyone thinking of falling pregnant or currently pregnant, what is kind of the vital role that like our nutrition, our diet plays during that period? The very first thing I think that anyone looking to get pregnant or falling pregnant, we need to focus on our stress. I see it all the time in practice with my women wanting to conceive and even during pregnancy that there's so much present in these women's life. And when Mm. we think about stress, we look at from an emotional, a physical and environmental. So our emotional is obviously, you know, our feelings and what's happening around us and what have you. Our physical is exercise and then our emotional is, sorry, our environmental is like chemicals and things like that, that we're putting on our body and that we're around. And so that is absolutely the first thing, like diet is so important and diet can support stress, Mm -hmm. but stress is stopping people from getting pregnant, I believe. Yes. And, you know, when we're in that fight or flight stage, you know, our body shuts down every yeah. other system. So mm-hmm. it doesn't need our reproductive system, doesn't need our digestive health. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely the biggest thing that I'd recommend people. And yeah, I mentioned those three forms of stresses because if you're out doing F45 five times a week or six times a week and you're stressing your body in that way, then well, you know, that's a stress. So yeah, absolutely. These sorts I of things. I love that you just touched on that because I think, you know, even what you said about putting the chemicals on your body, yeah. all of these things that we aren't associating. You know, we think of stress of, oh, well, I'm not in a stressful environment right now. Or my, or my, I always hear women say, oh, my work's just not that busy right now. And I'm like, yeah. 
Yeah, but there's a lot of other things and like factors in your life that are causing your body to be in a stressful state. Absolutely. And one, um, you know, this doesn't necessarily mean you're in a stressful state, but just an indication uh, for everyone listening is look at where your tongue is. So in your mouth right now, I can guarantee almost everyone's tongue will be at the top of their mouth because they're listening, they're engaged, you're yeah, nodding, yeah, yours yeah, is there, is. which is good yeah. um, because this is when we're in our um, sympathetic dominant state. So yes, okay. we're engaged, we're listening, but this can also be our fight or flight stage as well. Okay. Then we have our parasympathetic nervous system, which is our rest and digest mm-hmm. stage. And when we're in this stage, our tongue sits behind our lower teeth. So there's two times that we really want to be like our tongue to be behind those bottom teeth and that's when we're going to bed, which most people's aren't. Okay, that's so interesting. So for everyone hopping in bed tonight, look at where your tongue is. No doubt it will be at the roof of your mouth until, you know, you've meditated, you've taken deep breaths, you've really worked to try to bring that uh, down and get yourself into that parasympathetic state. Okay. And that goes and the second um, time you want that is when we're about to eat a meal, which ties into the nutrition side. So in order to fall pregnant, well, not in order to fall pregnant, but something that we need is our vitamins and minerals mm-hmm. and we need all our um, micro and macronutrients to be getting absorbed in our body. Yep. And when we're constantly eating meals in that fight or flight, so that uh, sympathetic state where that tongue is above our roof of our mouth, we're not necessarily digesting uh, all of the vitamins because we're fight or flight, right? Yes. So um, it all makes so much sense, yeah. yet we're so unaware of it. Absolutely. So before a meal, we also want to be taking a couple of really deep breaths mm-hmm. and allowing our body to relax so that we're able to absorb the nutrients that we're getting from the food we're bringing into our body. Yeah, okay. So um, stress is, yeah, definitely yeah. the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, from a nutritional point of view, you know, often women, the first thing they'll do is get on a multivitamin. Yeah. Um, Supplements are there to be supplemented, so they are not to take over a good, healthy diet. They're there to top up your nutrients from Mm -hmm. what you can't absorb from food. There is one that's on the market that's very heavily recommended. I won't say what it is, but um, (laughs) everyone will probably know. (laughs) Um, And that isn't necessarily the best quality. So we really need to be looking at our vitamins from a quality point Mm -hmm. of view. So going for practitioner ranges ideally um, which you can get from chemists you don't necessarily need a practitioner and health food stores if there's practitioners in there so just getting a really good quality Mm -hmm. multivitamin to top up your system but you know making sure that you're eating a whole food plant-based diet so that you're getting all those vitamins and minerals you know ideally some meat is really good because there is certain nutrients that we can't get from absolutely you know just vegetables like our b12 so if you're Mm. not eating meat then you really need to be supplementing with a b12 you know looking at your vitamin d levels we get about 10 percent from our diet but it's not very um easily absorbed so you know getting out in the sun but if you're someone with darker skin then you're probably not going to absorb vitamin d very well from the sun so again you may need to look at supplementation whereas if you've got fair skin you're going to absorb more of that vitamin d and then looking at what area you're in in australia or around the world you know because it's going to be different as to when the sun's radiating that vitamin d for us so they're probably like the main things but Mm -hmm. yeah definitely a whole food diet um, and stress We'll be right back after this healthy break. If you've been following my journey since starting The Healthy Hustlers, you'll know my aim with this podcast is to inspire you to live your healthiest and happiest life. Well, for me, that starts right here with my family. 
And that's exactly why I'm so incredibly proud to be an ambassador for Lovekins. Lovekins is a pure, natural Australian skincare range for both mothers and babies that supports local communities by using sustainable and native ingredients. Their range of premium products are natural, organic and infused with Australian superfoods. All massive ticks for me. I believe good health requires a full circle approach, free from toxic ingredients and harmful chemicals. And that's why, as a mum, I choose Lovekins. To find out more about their toxic-free, all-natural product range, please head to lovekins.com or click the link in the show notes. It was interesting too that you touched on the meat because I, pre-pregnancy, was definitely focusing on more of a plant-based lifestyle. I just love experimenting, so it was more just experimenting with that, but I went into my pregnancy quite low in iron, as you would know. Yeah. <laughs> and so I really did have to start incorporating a lot of meat. And, you know, I was mainly just cutting out meat because of the environment, but it was something that I had to, you know, be okay with starting to eat more meat during my pregnancy um, because it was helping me. But something I found really interesting, which I actually didn't know, was that you told me was when I'm eating meat to then have some something really rich in vitamin C. And it was really funny because at the time I was telling you how I crave berries, like frozen berries straight after I'd have dinner, which was obviously my body telling me that I needed the vitamin C. But can you please talk to me a little bit about that relationship between iron and vitamin C? Yeah, so there's certain foods that can either hinder the absorption of another nutrient or help with the absorption of that. Yep. So when we look at iron – Things that may hinder the absorption of that is coffee um, and alcohol. Mm -hmm. So often when people, you know, pregnant or not, come to practice and they're craving coffee, that's normally a really good indication to me that they're actually low in iron. Yes. Um, so that's sort of how food works. So we think so that, fascinating. isn't I'm it? Like... So we think that, you know, we just eat anything together and it'd be great. And look, for the most part, we can and get away with that. But, you know, if you're eating eggs and having your morning coffee, then you're not necessarily getting the iron mm. from that food. Or if you're having some sort of meat with yeah. breakfast, you're not actually getting the iron with that if you're having it alongside the coffee. So on the flip side to that, we look at vitamin C forming foods such as like your capsicum, your berries, mm -hmm. your citrus fruits, all of that. And when we add a vitamin C with the iron, it actually helps us absorb that iron a lot, lot better. So our body just knows what to do with those two nutrients and mm. how to absorb it as opposed to on its own. Yes. So if someone came to me in practice and they were iron deficient or low in iron or just um, struggling to maintain their iron stores, then I would definitely recommend them to, yeah, add in the vitamin C with it. Yeah. So, you know, it's your aloe vera juice, it's your black currant, your broccoli, sweet potatoes, mm -hmm. tomatoes, parsley. There's actually a lot of foods that like Heaps. contain, yeah, vitamin C. Yeah. But I, yeah, I just found that so fascinating because I remember when I came to see you the first time and you're like, okay, tell me what you're eating. And a lot of my morning was eggs with a matcha latte yeah and so I was having them together and matcha's obviously got caffeine, caffeine. in it so yeah. they actually weren't probably doing the job that they were meant to yeah. do in my body but here I was thinking oh I'm having eggs such a you know good source of nutrients yeah <laughs> and my matcha but yeah so I just find that so fascinating about learning what's working hand in hand and what's not so yeah. And just on that, you know, with our iron we do need to make sure that we're on top of it because I think I explained to you that particularly in that last uh, trimester particularly, 
our baby is absorbing nutrients that it will no longer get from our breast milk if Mm -hmm. we're assuming that we're feeding and even from some formulas such as iron. So particularly in that second, third trimester, like our babies are actually storing up all the nutrients they need to last them six months once they've come out of the womb. Mm. And that is because at six months we assume, if not before, but we assume that food will then be coming in and helping build up those nutrients again. But iron is one of the nutrients that our bubby does not get if it's particularly breastfed and with some formulas. So it's really important. Yeah, absolutely. And I had no idea about that. Mm. So I was just like, give me iron supplements, meat (laughs) the whole time Um, because it was definitely something that I didn't know. So, Yeah. yeah, thank you for sharing that. But I would also like to touch on colostrum Mm -hmm. and harvesting. So something that I was very unaware of was that we actually have colostrum prior to having our breast milk. So for anyone who's not sure of what it is, it's like a yellowy kind of yeah, like yeah, bright yellow yeah, almost, it's bright yellow, yeah, like it's liquid. Liquid, yep, yeah, that obviously comes out of your boobs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, you encouraged me to start expressing that prior. So from about 37 weeks, I think, I started, you know, giving my boobs a good little squeeze in the yep. shower <laughs> and getting that milk coming out. And it was something that was really pivotal, I think, in the arrival of Georgia because when she was able to latch onto me, there was something something there straight away and that really helped with our bond and I think with my breastfeeding experience I yeah definitely give a lot to to that experience so for anyone who isn't aware of expressing prior and really getting that colostrum going can you give a little explanation yeah (laughs) sure so there's a few reasons why we encourage expressing the colostrum before birth and one of them is for the connection um, and that bond the other one is our babies have their own journey and they're going to come into this world however they like. And as much as we go into our birth experience and our labour hoping that it's, you know, X, Y and Z or it's a natural, it's this or that, we actually don't have all the control because yeah. our bubby's going to tell us what it needs to do. And so everyone's birthing experience can be so different and can end very differently mm-hmm. in terms of some mums might need to go into surgery to get stitched up after having bubby. So they are away from their bubby, but their bub needs uh, food. Yeah. So that's when, you know, taking a little bag of your stored colostrum into the hospital with you can be amazing because mm-hmm. straight away your baby's able to have your breast milk. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the like main reasons. But in the lead up and so while you're harvesting your colostrum, so you're expressing your colostrum, the best place to do it is in the shower. When we are pregnant at age, uh, sorry, not age, at weeks 13 to 14, we actually start producing colostrum. Mm-hmm. Um, some women will actually start, like their boobs will start dripping like a tap or they'll yeah. start noticing like little yellow spots on their um, bras. <laughs> I remember literally on my 30th birthday, Ryan and I were in Byron and it was like our baby moon and 30th and I took off my bra to have a shower or whatever and then I looked down when I got out of the shower and I was like, what's that's why I like tripped coffee or something on my bra. What the hell are all these spots? And then I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I got so excited. I've got leaky boobs. It is. It's so exciting, right? Like your body's doing it's what amazing. it's meant to do. It yeah. So cool. And it gives you hope because really we don't know yeah. if we're going to be able to breastfeed. And even yes. if we're expressing that doesn't necessarily mean that our breastfeeding journey mm-hmm. is going to be super simple. And, Absolutely. But yeah. it does. It gives us hope. And if we can't breastfeed, then again, knowing that your bubby in those first hours of its life got some colostrum is just so essential so yeah in that lead up 
expressing it into just a little um, jar and then putting it into a syringe and freezing it in mm-hmm. um, the freezer is really good because it also um, brings on oxytocin. So oxytocin is the hormone that we need to go into labour and also sustain us throughout the labour. Yeah. Um, so, you know, women who are starting to go over or wanting to go on their due date because by the end of pregnancy, I don't know about yeah. anyone else, but I was over it. Um, so, you know, I was like every time Macca looked at me, I was like playing with my boobs <laughs> and expressing his like, oh, my God. But, um, you know, it it can actually bring on labour, so that nipple yeah. stimulation. Um, so, yeah, it's it's pretty cool thing that we can do. Oh, absolutely. And touching on the oxytocin, that's obviously our love hormone mm-hmm. that is released. So in the lead up, you gave me some advice of really getting that flowing. So for any women who are kind of getting to that final stage of pregnancy, yeah. what some fun little things yeah. that they can go and splurge on themselves chocolate. <laughs> to get the oxytocin. Yes. Yeah. So who would have thought a nutritionist would recommend chocolate? Yeah. But, you know, going for your dark chocolate um, yep. is amazing. So it's anything that makes us happy. You know, surround yourself with babies. Yep. You know, go and cuddle as many babies, preferably not strangers' yeah. babies, but, you know, go and cuddle babies. Um, you know, sex does it. Nipple yeah. stimulation. Um, yeah, chocolate. Like those sorts of things. Totally. Get those. So anything that just gives you, you know, a big that warm little, cuddle. Yeah, on the inside is getting your oxytocin going. Mine was so corny, but I kept making Ryan kiss me on the forehead because it's like he would never usually do. Yeah. So I was like, hey, these last few weeks, just give me unexpected kisses on my forehead. <laughs> and I'd get that big, warm, fuzzy feeling oh, inside. Do. And just a cuddle, like just totally. cuddling, you know, yeah. and really embracing for like a good 10, 20 seconds. Like that gets your oxytocin going. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So something I kind of struggled with a little bit because, you know, I was quite busy in the lead up and – I knew I had to be fueling my body, but I was also getting a little bit bored, I guess, with um, what meals I could cook. What's a kind of good go on-the-go meal that someone could have um, who is pregnant but is busy? Well, it depends on what season we're in as well. So you and I were both pregnant, you know, over the winter months. Mm-hmm. So for us, it was those really warming foods using like bone broth and things like that. So, you know, beautiful curries, stir fries, that sort of thing, yeah. things that you could cook and have in the fridge just to grab and go. You know, in summer, just roasting a batch of veggies and just having, even if it's, you know, the organic salad mix from Coles that you just throw in your roast veggies on, yes. throwing, you know, some falafel or tofu mm. or eggs or meat. Rather than just having one meal, it's about having things prepared so you can just grab it, throw it all together mm. and nourish yourself. So, yeah, again, looking at those whole food foods and, yeah, in just – easy way. Yeah. That stir-fry one's a great one. I remember seeing that on your Instagram and then I went and bought like five bags of them and I was oh, like – That cold super just, salad yeah, saving my life. so good. Yeah. yeah. I think all of those kind of – it's almost dropping that bit of guilt of that you have to prepare everything from scratch and being like, okay, I can still actually get really nourishing meals yeah. from something that's – pre-made or you know but it's just no preservatives so I did definitely drop that guilt of like okay I haven't made it but it's still you know packed with nutrients and that's it and you go if you're going for the organic one then Mm -hmm. you know it's it's, um yeah they're so easy I'm living on that yeah a little baby (laughs) I know me too so before we wrap up um any kind of top tips that you would have for someone who is preparing for labor yeah so uh go in your zone it's, you know, you and I both worked up until the day we yeah. were in labour. Like we both, I had a client the day I went into labour. Um, when I announced that I'd had Van, she's like, oh, my God. Oh, I literally. I saw you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, you've mentioned, you know, surround yourself with positive people that mm-hmm. understand your experience. So I really believe that people will tell us the horror stories. Oh. 
And yes, so, amen. I could not agree more. Oh God, so like true. the horror stories I heard throughout my pregnancy. Um, and Everyone has a bad story to tell. <laughs> no, and it's not like people aren't wanting to scare you. They're doing it because it's their way of relating to yes. where you're at. So, you mm. know, I remember being 22 weeks and someone telling me, and I'd miscarried previously and someone telling me um, that at 22 weeks, her friend's friend had a miscarriage of two uh. twins. And I was like, oh, why are you telling me this? So anyway, I really recommend just going into your own zone, yep. doing what you need to do, surrounding yourself with people people that aren't going to give you those sorts of stories. Prepare food if you can. So, you know, before I had my bubby, I'd made lots of curries, just go Mm. easy on like the chilli and things, but I'd made lots of like curries and butter chickens and just really warming foods with a lot of bone broth and um, things like that that were just in the freezer I could grab and go. And, yeah, just be really kind to yourself. This isn't just about you. It's about the bubby as well and it's going to come out how it wants. So it's a bloody big journey. You've got ahead of you. Oh, my God, huge. One thing, though, that you put on your stories that I found super interesting because I eat a lot of fish was about not eating fish two weeks prior. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So um, fish ap- actually prohibits the production of one of our hormones that helps induces to get into labor. So yeah. that's really important. And the other thing actually, um, I had a client the other day who is vegetarian and pregnant and she had been eating a lot of fish. And when she went to her practitioner, yeah. um, he'd said that she had a lot of mercury in her body. And so the other thing is just to be really mindful of Of that. that. So I think through pregnancy, you know, our unfortunately research can take up to 17 years Mm -hmm. um, until it becomes in the system and that we're actually accessing it. And so I think a lot of the dietary advice that we're given is quite old school. Yeah, And it means that we need to cut out a lot of really important nutrients for Mm -hmm. the bubby. And that stresses women. Like a lot of women come to me because they're stressed about what they should and shouldn't be eating. Yes. I think it's really important to listen to the body. Mm-hmm. If the body is craving something, it means you are most likely deficient yep. in something. So, for instance, if you're craving fish, you might be actually needing iodine, which is so essential for Bubby and its development. Yeah. So just source really good quality and, yeah, listen to what the body needs. But, yeah, unfortunately what we're the dietary advice we're given is quite old school. So yep. Try not to stress too much about that and just know that you're doing the best you can for your bub. Oh, Shelley, thank you so much for your time. Anyone who would like to contact Shell, you are at? Yes, so I'm on all the socials at Freedom Wellness and my practice in Melbourne is Freedom Wellness and I'm also online and I have a podcast called Freedom Wellness Podcast. So yeah, you can find me in all those. Oh, thank you so much. And I'll put all Shelley's links in the show notes so you guys can have easy access to them them there. (laughs) Oh my goodness, mum brain, seriously. (laughs) Shell, thanks so much. Thanks, Maddie. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that bonus episode. Before I finish off, I did want to share with you a few of my favorite go-tos for healthy inspiration throughout your pregnancy. So on Instagram, I highly recommend you following Bump and Bub by the amazing Eliza. She is a midwife and has so much beautiful content and also a section where you can ask a midwife. So if you have any questions, she is a wealth of knowledge and is definitely my go-to. And also Sophie Walker's podcast, The Australian Birth Stories. As I mentioned, I listen to some really positive birth stories on that platform. And Sophie has a really great way of sharing and telling women's stories. So highly recommend you jumping on to their podcast. 
The Pelvic Hub was also a great place for me to get some exceptional products um, for post-birth. So if you were after cooling packs um, or any of those bits and bobs, I definitely recommend you checking out those guys. And post-baby, when you need some beautiful products, my go-to is always The Memo. They have an online edit of all the best baby products on the market. So it's handpicked by a mother and her business partner, and they're literally the best on the market. I don't even have to do research now. I just go to the memo, and I know that their selection of products are the best in every category. So I hope this has helped you guys and thank you again for listening. If you'd like to follow along with my journey, I'm at The Healthy Hustlers on Instagram. Thanks so much.